I'm Daniel Francis Baranowski, and you're listening to The Frankly Daniel Show. And yes, I'm the Daniel in the frankly part of this enterprise, and yes, this is my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Welcome, and thank you for joining me. Today I hope to speak about one of my favorite topics, illegal immigration, and the mounting evidence that the Republican House must, they must impeach the Secretary of Homeland Insecurity, Alejandro Mayorkas, so that this very misinformed nation can begin to understand what the Biden administration is attempting to do through its open border policies. Okay, I'll calm down just a bit. Impeachment will also expose Mayorkas, the Democrats, and of course Joe Biden for the outrageous lies they've told Americans about immigration under their care and watch. So, As we sit here today, we've come to understand that the corrupt and ideologically driven Biden administration will end their very bad administration of Title 42 on May 11th, just days away. May 11th is the day Joe Biden decided, probably well in a coma, no doubt, that the COVID pandemic is over. Unbelievable. So so what you say? Well, in the past two years... Border Patrol has apprehended more than 2.4 million migrants who were subsequently expelled by Border Patrol using Title 42. In other words, these people would be here in the country had it not been for Title 42. But that isn't really all the story. Perhaps as many as 40% of these Title 42 rejections have been repeat Title 42 offenders. In other words, because there's no penalty for coming back and recrossing the border a couple of days later, migrants that re-enter the U.S. must be recaptured, re-apprehended, re-cataloged, and re-expelled multiple times. Now, these repeat offenders are mostly re-subjected to Title 42 and not Title 8, and they're rejected once again. But some get in, and This is the fact that motivates others to keep trying. Of course, they have cell phones. They call each other and they keep saying, hey, it was my third time I got in. You know, Red Rover, Red Rover, San Jose right over. It's a dumbfounding fact that Secretary Mayorkas would not allow Border Patrol to use Title VIII very often of the Immigration and Naturalization Act to simply expel these individuals with prejudice. But Border Patrol would have to use Title VIII for everyone, not just some people. Instead, under Title 42, Border Patrol follows the Secretary's rules as to who to admit. In other words, if you're expelled under Title VIII, you cannot apply for legal uh, entry into the country for up to five years. And if you try illegally to enter the country, you're going to be jailed. Now, the Biden administration They want to allow these rejected migrants to eventually gain entry into the U.S. In fact, the Biden administration has gone to court in an attempt to do away with Title 42. You see, under Title 42, as practiced by Joe Biden, 
and as Gestapo Homeland Security Secretary. Border Patrol used Title 42 to mostly expel single males and an occasional family, but unaccompanied minors were waved in, as were women with children. Title 42, as you probably know, is a Center for Disease Control measure. Now, it's been used mostly in, in regards to COVID. And it was meant to stop really anyone with a communicable disease from entering the country, not just COVID. And while the Biden administration barred any non-citizen from entering the country without proof of COVID vaccination and a current COVID test, this wasn't even a minor consideration on the border. Consequently, most local border hospitals along the Texas and Arizona boundary were packed with migrants suffering from an array of illnesses, including COVID. Now, these ill migrants have cost local border communities billions and billions of dollars in uncompensated health care costs, not to mention crowding out of local residents from using their own health care services for their own families. To date, there have been several reports out of New York City that a large portion of the newly migrating community living at the city's expense in New York City hotels have not been vaccinated even for the standard childhood diseases including polio, measles, chickenpox, and the like. Well, I digress. More on what Joe Biden and company plan for May 11th, when it's estimated that border crossings will double from around 8,000 a day, and they're already increasing, to somewhere around 16,000 or more. But before I dive into the new, new immigration services under Open Borders Biden, I'd like to share with you something that has epically annoyed me for quite some time now. It has to do with wokeism and the White House, and in particular with Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, the spokesperson for the president. Given Joe Biden is too feeble to stand and take questions from the so-called free press, his press secretary is about as close as the White House press corps is going to get to an official presidential position and policy announcement. I mean, actually, with the exception of a small handful of White House reporters from conservative networks like Fox News and Newsmax, the rest of the White House press, they don't really need to show up for these White House press briefings. They know the propaganda the White House expects them to report on and print. Now, as anyone who watches these near-daily charades called the press briefings, and I admit I often watch, Miss Corinne Jean-Pierre breaks no news. Instead, she spends time either refusing to answer legitimate questions or she outright lies about events, policies, and political practices on both sides of the aisle. She lies to denigrate MAGA Republicans and lies to misinform reporters in the public about the Biden administration's very woke policies and practices. Now, among the many lies she tells daily, perhaps no one in the Biden administration confirms more than Corinne Jean-Pierre does that wokeism is a destructive scam and that the Biden administration will continue to use it to sow chaos and resentment among the American public dividing us at every opportunity. 
And remember, radical progressives profess, in fact, they insist that America devote her attention and allegiance to the principles of diversity, equity, and inclusion. But in reality, every day we witness conformity, inequity, and exclusion from the very Biden administration we're talking about, as well as many of their radical progressive political operatives like unions, and especially the teachers' union. Now, no one exemplifies Biden's commitment to conformity to one skin color in particular as his standard of diversity. Furthermore, if you do not conform, if you do not conform to the Biden administration's edicts on sexual orientation and gender identity, then you will not be included in their definition of a moral American society. Oh, quite to the contrary. You will be actively excluded, canceled, and even arrested and charged with some contrived federal infraction. So the question that confronts me this week is how to tell this twisted fairy tale about the scourge of racial discrimination and LGBTQI plus as threats to our parental rights and individual freedom. Now, if you don't think this is quite a chore, try it sometime. It really is baffling in many respects. There are few bigger clubs to use against the American public than race, racism, and the demands, the growing demands of the LGBTQIA plus community as promoted by the Biden administration. I mean, the whole of government approach by the Biden administration. I mean, from the bottom up and the middle out approach by the Biden administration. Now, I have a series of short audio clips I'm going to walk you through today. They are of this perpetual annoyance by the name of Corinne Jean-Pierre, introducing herself to the White House Press Corps on her very first White House press briefing on May 18th of 2022. Now, there are other clips that will follow that reveal how very different, how very different this White House is and its corresponding press office, and most certainly, its secretary. I am obviously acutely aware uh, that my presence at this podium uh, represents a few firsts. Uh, I am a black gay immigrant woman, the first of all three of those to hold this position. I would not be here today if it were not for generations of barriers, barrier-breaking people before me. I stand on their shoulders, if, if it were not for generations of barrier-breaking barrier people before me, I would not be here. But um, I benefit from their sacrifices. I have learned from their ex ex excellence, and I am forever grateful to them. Representation does matter. You hear us, you hear us say this uh, often in this administration, and no one understands this better than President Biden which is why his administration is not only the most diverse in history, it is filled with barrier-breaking women and men, from the vice president to the cabinet secretaries, uh, to his Supreme Court nominee, to senior staff throughout this administration. When I did my first briefing as principal deputy uh, press secretary last year, almost a year ago, I said at this podium that this podium, this room, this building belong to the American people. We work for them. 
it's not about me. It's about them. It was true then, and it is very true indeed today. On Jen's first briefing, she made clear that the president's and her priority was to bring truth and transparency back to this briefing room. Jen did a great job at that, and I will work every day to continue to ensure we are meeting the president's high expectation of truth, honesty, and transparency. I, I also have tremendous respect for the work that you all do, which I know it's not easy. The press plays a vital role in our democracy, and we need a strong and independent press now more than ever. We might not see eye to eye here in this room all the time, which is okay. <laughs> that give and take is so incredibly healthy, and it's a part of our democracy. And I look forward to engaging with all of you on that. Um, with that, I am a black, gay, immigrant woman. I have to tell you, I was baffled by this introduction. The shoulders she claims to be standing on must be rolling over in their graves. Now, these people all made contributions and changed people's minds and lives because they were first and foremost competent, accomplished, and they made great strides despite being black or brown or any color other than white and Asian. That is, whatever color you would like to assign Asians because it appears that the Biden administration believes Asians are white. Now, if you watch Corinne Jean-Pierre do her job in the press briefing room, as I have many, many days, you quickly surmise that she cannot answer a question without finding it in a binder, the official binder, and reading what someone else has written on the topic. And she doesn't read much better than Joe Biden does with teleprompters. And I'm not trying to be mean or sound somehow out of contact with today's world of openly professed racial identities, sexual orientations, or questionable expressions of gender identity. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, adults are free to do and express themselves as they wish, assuming their expressed rights don't threaten my rights. Nevertheless, I thought this press secretary's introduction was inappropriate and just plain weird. Uh, I am a black gay immigrant woman, the first of all three of those to hold this position. First, do I need to know she is black? Which I can plainly see. Did you not figure this out for yourself? Could you have come to any other conclusion? How has being black got listed as an accomplishment or a noteworthy credential? Maybe I'm missing something here. I mean, how often do you introduce yourself as black or white or any other racial color, even if you're the first? I mean, even if you were at a Tupperware party full of black people, would you introduce yourself as the first white or brown person to speak at this Tupperware party? President Obama looked black, but he was the product of a white mother and a black father. Did this really matter? Oh, yes, I believe there were racists who voted for Obama, to make him the first so-called black president, after all. Uh, you would have to be a racist to vote this way, of course. Most Americans thought Obama was the better candidate. Period. Now, I have acclaimed physicians who have pulled me through leukemia twice and breast cancer. They are people of color. I trusted them with my life, not because of their racial identity or any other superficial, meaningless characteristic. And by the way, 
They are all women, women physicians of color, no less imagine, and English is their second language. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn if you're black or any other color, but don't trouble yourself trying to impress me with it. If you're incompetent at your job, your color makes no difference. Or if you're the first of that color in any given position, we need to recognize and get a grip on how reprehensible radical progressives led by potato head Joe Biden are using race to divide Americans. This black-in-your-face stuff is, is getting very old. And it is black more than any other race that radical progressives parading as moderate Democrats are foisting on Americans. They're somehow the forgotten people that need to be remembered through diversity, equity, and inclusion. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are all about Black Lives Matter, and it is nothing more than a sinister plot to reinstitute affirmative action in all aspects of American life. The Supreme Court ruled Lyndon Johnson's affirmative action executive order for employment unconstitutional. But despite many challenges, the court has allowed a narrow interpretation of affirmative action in higher education. Now, as you may know, the Supreme Court is currently wrestling with the landmark admissions discrimination case brought by Asian Americans against Harvard and Yale. We have had affirmative action in higher education for nearly 70 years, 70 years of reparations in education. This case could substantially change all of this for the better. We should revert to a meritocratic society with the heart. Yes, there are circumstances when standardized tests, you know, grade point averages, and the like, are not the only criteria that should be used to admit someone to any particular status or institution. But when race is determinative and merit means little, this approach has grave consequences for our society going forward. We already see the evils of using race, sexual orientation, and gender identity in the Biden administration. Representation does matter. You hear us, you hear us say this uh, often in this administration, and no one understands this better than President Biden, which is why his administration is not only the most diverse in history. It is filled with barrier-breaking women and men, from the vice president to the cabinet secretaries, uh, to his Supreme Court nominee, to senior staff throughout this administration. Well, we, we have a secretary of transportation who is gay. Terrific. No problem with it. He's a first as well, to be sure. And we're constantly reminded about that, too. But it appears that he knows little about transportation, he also appears to be incompetent or overwhelmed and seems as if he could care less about it. But he's gay. Hooray, hooray. We have a vice president who is black, who is female, we think. But given the Democrats' refusal to define what a woman is, well, who knows. And she's the first vice president of the United States in both being black and being female and having the first Indian heritage. Not Indian like Senator Elizabeth Warren, but Asian Indian. All these things are very important. And none of this means a damn thing because she's the most incompetent VP since Dan Quayle under George Bush Sr. 
I take it that you've seen by now that Joe Biden has placed Kamala Harris in charge of artificial intelligence and the kinds of legislation that we need about that. That should be really pretty interesting, considering the terrific job she did with the roots cause, the roots, all those roots causes of analysis she did, and why the Central Americans are all picking up stakes and moving here. And thanks to Joe Biden's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion, we now have a transgender admiral as the 17th Assistant Secretary for Health. She also happens to be the first transgender admiral in the public health service. And this list of firsts goes on and on in the Biden administration. And don't let me forget the Supreme Court. When an open position on the court occurred last year, Joe Biden violated all tenets of equality and hiring practices. Instead of opening the position to the best candidate, regardless of color, ethnic or religious background, regardless of sex or sexual orientation or gender identity, Joe Biden openly declared he would only consider a black female for the open Supreme Court associate justice position. Apparently, there are not a sufficient number of highly qualified black female justices throughout the federal judiciary to openly compete for a Supreme Court position. So Joe Biden, using his power as president, the spit in the blind eye of equality and justice, decided he would just dispense with the rules. Even with this, his assistants could only find five truly qualified black females. I think in the end they stretched it to six black females who could possibly be credibly nominated. This is after 70 years of affirmative action in higher education, all this time. Why? Why only five or six qualified? So did the president do as so many blue states and democratically controlled school boards are doing by lowering the bar? You, you must have heard by now that our young students are significantly underperforming in math, in reading and civics and social studies, and science. All this post the COVID lockdowns which the teachers' unions had so much to do with. So instead of spending all the COVID relief money on catch-up lessons, blue states and democratically controlled school districts are lowering the standards of performance across the board. What a solution. It's equitable. It's part of their equity push. We all have the same outcomes. We're all going to be more stupid. And to all my black friends out there, please do not take this the wrong way. But I'm just really fed up with Black Lives Matter. It's a, first off, Black Lives Matter is an organization, is a communist organization. They are Marxist in their, their training, in their leadership, and in all their solutions to any social problems. I don't know why anybody hasn't investigated it. It's a very catchy phrase. But why do Black Lives Matter, apparently more than any other color, to radical progressives and to woke corporations? My question in today's climate is why should being any color matter? White shouldn't matter any more than any other color. No offense to my white friends. As a society, weren't we doing well before the Democrats came along with identity politics and set us all against each other? I've watched a lot of people-to-people -people interactions across my 73 years, and racism just doesn't appear in what I've seen over the last 20 years. 
Oh, there are racists. Of course there are. And they're not only white. But this is akin to transgenderism. Listening to Democrats, you'd come to believe that racism, along with transgenderisms, are rampant on the streets and homes, and it's increasing daily. Black or not, shouldn't we all matter? Don't you think so? But, but try writing on social media, all lives matter, or that blue lives matter in support of the police, and see if you don't get slammed by radicals who will try their darndest to get you deplatformed. I'm no more a racist today than the day of my innocent birth. I was taught to respect everyone until there was overwhelming evidence not to, and even then to tread lightly, because we all make mistakes. My parents and teachers taught me to think of a colorblind society. America was a melting pot of races and nationality and ethnicities. And I have to admit, while growing up, I didn't understand how one could be colorblind to color, or how I was going to go about that. But as I got older, I came to realize it was a metaphor. But do you know you're not permitted to say colorblind today? So what will happen if you use this term as a means of racial and ethnic integration in your own mind? Will the earth open up and swallow you? Don't laugh. If the radical progressives could force a seismic earthly seizure that would capture MAGA conservatives and bury them, never to be heard from again, they'd pull the trigger. Believe me, they'd pull that trigger. No, you won't be swallowed and buried underground, but you will be labeled an ignorant racist because you're denying people of color the dignity of being seen as a minority. Tell me that makes sense in someone's world. On Jen's first briefing, she made clear that the president's and her priority was to bring truth and transparency back to this briefing room. Jen did a great job at that, and I will work every day to continue to ensure we are meeting the president's high expectation of truth, honesty, and transparency. We're coming up close to a break, and on the other side, we're going to really investigate about how much truth and transparency has gone on through the press secretary and the Biden administration. Really going to be quite a surprise. Dr. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. There are so many often quoted parts of this speech, but none so much as this quote, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Oh no, Dr. King. Today it appears that too many black Americans want to be judged by the color of their skin and not the content of their character. Character just no longer matters. You see, we're being told individualism is dead. You must belong to a group. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. 
Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. The out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Well, here's a program update. Now that I'm really worked up about this disingenuous White House press secretary, I'm going to stick with this topic until the end. I'll save the topic of massive illegal immigration under the Biden misadministration for next week, and that will be the week to talk about it. You know, May 11th is next week, and it's when the border entirely disappears right before your very eyes. And I can't wait to cover it all. So please join me next week for this gigantic subject. Now, as for the crap coming out of the White House via their IQ Challenge press secretary, I have so much to share with you. And and yes, I, I think it's all important to our collective understanding about the battles going on in our state houses and local communities, our school boards, and really at the state level, over the forced indoctrination of children as young as kindergartners through third and fourth grades into the woke world of sexual orientation and gender identity. I I might be an old guy, but I can still remember kindergarten, first, second, and third grade, and none of this stuff would have ever... We had too much stuff to cover. 
just it's just ridiculous. We're no longer arguing over the battle lines on these subjects. They are clearly demarked. And unless we stand with our Republican conservative statehouse representatives and senators, we're going to be forced to explain to our youngsters, or in some cases our grandchildren, what a drag queen is. And why can't they be a boy instead of a girl? I can hear it now. Other children are doing it, Mom. Why not me? Worse yet, in some states, if you do not comply with your 11-year-old's decision to change genders, the state will step in and emancipate your child, allow them to undergo the lie of gender-affirming care, and you're going to be billed for all the medical expenses. Now, this has happened. This is out on the West Coast. This is in the state of Oregon, the state of Washington. But in some of these blue states and blue communities, this is what's going on. So, yes, I have a bone to pick with the White House's propaganda, Tokyo Rose, as she constantly spouts off to the public and the so-called independent White House press corps about the rights of children to the indoctrination concerning their future sexual orientation and near-term decisions to be made about their gender identity. Yeah, I mean, these are really crucial, you know, major kind of adult things you need to decide in the second grade. Lucifer himself could not be more active than the radical progressives in attempting to divide Americans over whether there is such a thing as parental rights. And I don't know about you. Well, I probably do know about you since you're listening to this program, but I don't trust the government to make moral and practical decisions concerning children, and I sure don't trust them making any decisions about myself. So where shall we start on peeling back this evil propaganda? Well, I ask you to bear with me. These opening clips I'm going to play for you are going to sound so innocent, but as we go along, I believe you will see how despicably sinister and un-American it all is. Now, here's a short clip of Jean-Pierre talking about her experience as the press secretary visiting the taping of the Netflix series, both of them, known as The L Word and The Queer Generation. Last year, I had the personal privilege of attending the filming of an episode showcasing the marriage of two characters, Bette and Tina, a moment <laughs> that meant so much to queer women across the country. Even though I grew up in one of the most diverse cities in the world, as some of you know, I grew up in New York City, as a young queer woman of color, I felt alone and sometimes invisible. For so many people in our community, the L Word's impact cannot be understated. Again, perhaps too much information, or was this just something that did not belong in a White House press briefing? Well, this last clip was out of sequence. Here is Corinne Jean-Pierre's opening statement for this very recent press briefing, lauding the Netflix casts of the L Word and the Q Generation, all in the service of something the president has proclaimed as Lesbian Visibility Week as I said, as proclaimed by Joe Biden. You know the president, the 80-year-old potatoes for brains who let radical political operatives steal the presidential election of 2024. This is Lesbian Visibility Week, and as the first openly queer person to hold the position of press secretary for the president of the United States, I see every day how important visibility and representation are. 
Today, I'm honored to welcome the cast of The L Word and Generation Q, two Showtime series that chronicle the friendship, the love, the challenges, and the triumphs of strong, funny, and resilient queer women. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, if I only had another hour, I'd update you on the giant and very necessary impeachment rolling down Pennsylvania Avenue toward the Biden White House. So after this introduction to Lesbian Visibility Week, one of the most important weeks on anyone's calendar, Corinne Jean-Pierre turns the stage over to the cast to make some heartwarming remarks about lesbian resilience. We are now about 12 minutes into this opening of this very critical informational press briefing. I will spare you the remarks of the cast, but you can find them on C-SPAN or YouTube or at the White House Press Briefing website. Now, after the casts, both of them have had their say, Corinne Jean-Pierre says, After hearing from them briefly at the podium today, the cast will meet with LGBTQI plus staffers of the Biden-Harris administration to talk about our administration's work to advance full equality for our community. Now, I suppose the promotion of sexual orientation is a top priority of the Biden administration. Clearly, with all the dysfunction in the Biden-Harris White House, lesbian visibility is a major issue. No, I do not have any problems with lesbians or bisexual women. Do you? Frankly, their personal lives are none of my business, and I'm not trying to make it so. But you should also be distressed that the same ideology is being pushed to your school-age children by teacher activists who are only taking the cue from a very dangerously woke White House. Just think for a moment. If, oh, by the way, there's always an if in every story, eh, as well as a but, but I digress. Assume that I am a White House press secretary, and I decide, since I am Catholic, that I'm going to open the press briefing today by having a Catholic priest perform a baptism in front of the White House press corps. And I'm going to justify this newsworthy event by proclaiming it Christian Visibility Week. After all, Christianity is also an ideology, and given the increasing attack on Christians in America... I believe it's necessary to join with other Christians in the administration to see what we can do to expand rights for Christians. You see my point? I hope you do. I'm not against lesbian women. No, emphatically, no. I'm not against people who profess their transgender. No, emphatically, no. I'm not against gays. No, emphatically, no. Do I think that any of these sexual orientations or gender identities should be discriminated against? Again, no, emphatically no. Then what is the problem, you say? Well, I am against the promotion of sexual orientations and gender identities and critical race theory indoctrination, even Christianity or any other ideology being promoted from the White House press room as a matter of critical public policy. And yes, I said it, it's definitely not the White House's prerogative to promote the lesbian lifestyle from the White House press briefing room. Even more importantly, it's just damn wrong to lie about what states are doing to curb these types of classroom indoctrination based on questionable ideologies 
at least controversial, ideologies to our children who we have entrusted to union teachers in public schools. Children as young as kindergartners do not need to be introduced to sexual orientation and gender identity preferences of adults. Tell me, you would not expect public school teachers to hold classes in the first or second grades on how to mix alcoholic drinks for adults, would you? Now, the fact that Disney has gone pathetically woke does not give license to anyone at the White House to drone on about the press secretary's sexual orientation. Just keep it to yourself, Corinne. See me, I'm a visible lesbian. See me, I'm a visible heterosexual. Everything else is about racism. Everything is about your sexual orientation and gender identity. If you're not a member of one of these new, new woke groups, then you're a member of the enemy. Now, in addition to parading her sexual orientation in front of the press corps, I really get incensed when sweet Corinne Jean-Pierre goes out of her way, always part of her opening statements at the beginning of press briefings, the flat-out lie and knowingly lie. Now, this was Corinne Jean-Pierre's opening press briefing just a week ago. I also want to say a word about the decision yesterday made by the Florida Board of Education to expand the state's dystopian don't say gay law. As this measure takes effect, it will prohibit all students up to seniors in high school from learning about our, learning about or discussing LGBTQI plus people in the classrooms. Teachers in Florida have already faced the devastating consequences of the existing law. Under threat of having their licenses revoked, gay teachers have been forced to take down pictures of their spouses from their desks and censor their classroom materials. Censoring our classes is not how public education is supposed to work in a free country. Conservative politicians love to complain about the so-called cancel culture, all while threatening teachers with losing their jobs if they teach something that the MAGA extremists don't agree with. President Biden believes teachers and students should not be pawns in a political game or a political stunt. We will continue to fight for students across the country to receive a world-class education including free from discrimination and also censorship. Let's go ahead and break down this ridiculous series of lies one step at a time. First of all, it's not called the Don't Say Gay Act. It's called the Parental Rights and Education Act. Go look it up. There's not any mention of gays, bisexuals, lesbians, or anybody else in this bill which happens to be law now in Florida. As this measure takes effect, it will prohibit all students up to seniors in high school from learning about or, learning about or discussing LGBTQI plus people in the classrooms. This statement is likewise ridiculous. It only covers students up through the third grade. It has nothing to do about seniors in high school or anybody saying the word gay or anything else in these schools. For heaven's sakes, just look it up. Teachers in Florida have already faced the devastating consequences of the existing law. Under threat of having their licenses revoked, gay teachers have been forced to take down pictures of their spouses from their desks and censor their classroom materials. 
Censoring our classes is not how public education is supposed to work in a free country. Oh, I can imagine it now. Ron DeSantis, he's got the uh, picture police running around classrooms and in school offices confiscating all the pictures of family members that are gay or transgender or or, or whatever, the family portraits. I mean, how, how do you figure out those pictures you know do you ask people is this one in your family gay, gay too we have to we have to remove that from the premises that it was just the stupidest lies that i've they can't even make up good lies and yeah if you are an activist teacher trying to turn a third grader into a transgender victim you're going to have problems in the desantis administration under this law but you know what most of the teachers aren't involved. There's a very, just a very few that are pushing it. And, you know, in this free society, they still are putting up Black Lives Matter material in their classrooms. It's just the other stuff that let's just keep it out and keep kids innocent, at least until the third grade, for heaven's sakes. Isn't that what we'd want in a wholesome, moral, ethical, free-thinking country? Third graders can't think for themselves. That's the whole purpose behind these laws. They can't discern. They cannot discriminate. I know 18-year-olds that can't find their way to the bathroom, much less asking a third grader to somehow comprehend these complex lifestyle decisions of adults. Conservative politicians love to complain about the so-called cancel culture, all while threatening teachers with losing their jobs if they teach something that the MAGA extremists don't agree with. Well, you are correct, Corinne Jean-Pierre. The people of Florida don't agree with this open society business where you're talking to kindergartners about what gender they would like to be when they grow up. And as for cancel culture and censorship, are you going to talk with us about the 80 FBI agents that were permanently stationed at Twitter to censor speech? Are you going to talk to me about the, you know, disinformation governance board that Mayorkas tried to put together in Homeland Security that fell apart? I did an entire, frankly, Daniel show two weeks on that very topic. In fact, let me stop right here and give you an example of how free speech is run in school districts that are blue. Here is an audio clip from a former California teacher and Christian by the name of Jessica Tapia, who was fired from her teaching position last year because she refused to withhold information from parents about their children, who were secretly demanding they be referred to by their chosen transgender name, that's first name, and their chosen pronouns. But when these same children went home, they reverted to their given names, pronouns, and biological sex. She was fired after she refused to lie to parents about their children's school time gender identity. Now, she appeared with her attorney on the Ingram angle just last night. Right. So interestingly enough, I didn't even ask for a religious accommodation. What had happened was, is I was presented with directives that I chose to speak out about and say, I, I won't comply with these. They're against my beliefs. The three directives that I spoke out about, one was calling students by their preferred gender or pronoun. 
um, withholding that information from parents, which I, I clarified, are you asking me to lie to parents? And to which they said, yes, it's for student privacy and it's the law. And then the third one was that I had to let transgender students into the female locker room, again, to which I clarified, are you, are you referring to biological males? And, and they said, yes, if, if that individual is, is presenting like and choosing to be female now, you need to let them in. And so obviously, um, really as a believer, but I also believe as just a person of, of moral and knowing right from wrong, um, I, was, I was not willing to comply with these directives. And so I let the district know I'm, I'm ready to, to come back to work, do the job I've always done, but I will not comply with these three things. And that is when they said, it sounds like you're asking for a religious accommodation because I described to them why these things were against my beliefs. And now her attorney speaks. This is a clear case of religious discrimination. They chose to retaliate against Miss Tapia because she would not go along with her district's woke ideology regarding gender identity, while at the same time allowing other teachers to express their beliefs on social media and in, in the classroom. And they claim that Miss Tapia was violating federal law and, and state law because her her language and her speech was harassing and discriminatory. But actually, if you look at her record, her, her students have actually loved her and adored her. Her previous reviews have showed that she is a distinguished teacher. So this is simply religious discrimination. This also happens to be a violation of her First Amendment rights. You cannot compel speech. You cannot compel somebody under threat of the loss of their employment to lie to legal guardians of a child. It's just ridiculous. But it happens all the time. Let's step back for just a moment and finish up on Jean-Pierre's disingenuous statements about the parental rights and education law in Florida. President Biden believes teachers and students should not be pawns in a political game or a political stunt. We will continue to fight for students across the country to receive a world-class education, including free from discrimination and also censorship. Excuse me, a world-class education when we have students at the fourth and eighth grade levels hardly up to par with where they should be. I talked about this in the first half of the show. And as far as political pawns, please already. The activists are the ones that are driving this problem, and they're activists for just the kind of stuff we're against. Sexual orientation and gender identity in elementary school. Let's quickly move to another topic in which the White House press secretary is equally disingenuous about. In his State of the Union, the president called on Congress to do something to stop the epidemic of gun violence, tearing families apart, tearing communities apart. How many more children have, have to be murdered before Republicans in Congress will step up and act to pass the assault weapons ban, to close loopholes in our background, in our, in our background check system? or to require the safe storage of guns. We need to do something. Once again, the president calls on Congress to do something before another child is senselessly killed in a preventable act of gun violence. Again, 
We need to do something. Corinne Jean-Pierre made this statement just about five weeks ago now, right after the Nashville uh, shooting in which three nine-year-olds were shot and three adults were shot dead, all murdered by an alleged transgender individual. There's been no calls from the White House to comfort these families. There has been no visits by Kamala Harris, who went to Nashville, to talk about the Tennessee Three that were raising a ruckus in the State House. But no, no sympathy whatsoever about six Christians who were killed in a Christian school next to a Christian church. But we're going to talk about gun violence. Very interesting dialogue. And as for background checks, we're still waiting to see if Hunter Biden is going to suffer any consequences of lying on his form to purchase a gun. Before we close out today, I do want to share with you the tremendous versatility that Corinne Jean-Pierre is able to, to lie about. I mean, there's all kinds of subjects that she is just so untruthful about. It's just remarkable. Here's one just happened this week where Peter Ducey of Fox News is asking her a question about how can it possibly be that Mayorkas and Border Patrol and Homeland Insecurity has reduced illegal immigration by 90% on the border. And if you'll listen to this carefully, you'll hear her call this the parolee program. There isn't, the E on parole is silent, but she keeps calling it a parolee, a parolee. Sorry, just one of my pet peeves. Here's the clip. You said yesterday that when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down by more than 90%. Where did that number come from? It was, I was CDP speaking. is telling us the number is. I hear you. I'm about to answer. I'm about, people more I'm about to answer this fiscal you. Year so if, far. You, if, you, if the dramatics could come down just a little bit. Uh, if the dramatics could come down a little what's bit. What's dramatic about asking a no. question about. Okay, I'm, I'm going to answer. So I was speaking to the parolee program. As you know, the president put in place a parolee program to deal with uh, to deal with certain countries uh, on on ways that we can limit illegal migration. And we have seen the data has shown us that it has gone down by more than ninety percent. That was what I was speaking and to. No, I'm, we're, we're going to go. President we're going to move. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Back. We're moving, Peter. Let's go. Pretty cute how she just cuts him off there. I mean, this is a <laughs> this wasn't an explanation at all. This is just a crock of, you know what? No, it just happens that Senator Ted Cruz was on the Larry Kudlow show right after this exchange, and this is what Ted Cruz had to say about it. I'm sorry to say, Corrine Jean Pierre is the most brazen liar ever to take the podium at the White House press briefing. She lies routinely, and it's not spin. Look, we expect White House press secretaries to spin, to have a take on the facts. Okay, that's, that's part of discourse. But she stands up there and just gives flat-out falsehood. She just said, and you just played it, that under Biden, illegal immigration has dropped 90%. Now, that's not kind of sort of right. It's not a little bit right. It hasn't dropped at all. And in fact, let's just do some simple math. In the year 2020, the last year of the Trump presidency, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. We were achieving incredible success in securing our border. Joe Biden came in, he opened up the border, and within days of his being sworn in, the numbers skyrocketed. We have today, we went from the lowest rate of illegal immigration to the highest rate in history. 
So it didn't drop at all. It didn't drop 90%. It didn't drop 80, 70, 60, 50, 40. It dropped zero. Instead, it rose massively. We have seen over 6 million illegal immigrants cross the border under Joe Biden. And the amazing thing is Corinne Jean-Pierre says that. She just flat out lies. And she says that all the time. She's also stood at that podium and said, people are not just walking across the border. Look, you're playing next to me. Videos of people swimming across the river, walking across the border. You're playing that right now. And she just flat out lies. Now, two things are amazing. Number one, at the end of the day, that's not as much her fault as it is Joe Biden's. Joe Biden is the president. And when you send out a liar to lie on behalf of the White House at the White House podium, that's Joe Biden lying and being perfectly willing to lie to the American people. But number two, her just the blatancy with which she does this mm. well, is a complete indictment of the corporate media because Fox will ask her about it. But where's CNN? Where's ABC? Where's NBC? Where's CBS? Where's MSNBC? They don't care that she is standing there flat out lying to the American people. The fact that she does that is a complete and total indictment of today's corporate media. So I think it's very important for us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present. And presently... We're coming to the end of the Frankly Daniels Show. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found it informative. Oh, please tune in to Corinne Jean-Pierre sometime. You will find it entertaining and unenlightening. God bless. Until next week.